Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet, where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine to become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Sanseet. On today's show, we have Phyllis King. She has a BA in sociology. She has a therapy called Common Sense Psychic. She's a medium. She has worked with many people and is an author of four books. Her recent book is Abundant Energy. Hello and welcome to the show, Phyllis. How are you doing today? Hi, Erin. I'm well. Thanks for having me. Excellent. How did you come across sociology? Uh, It's just a natural fit, a natural interest I have in trends and, you know, what inspires people, what causes people to take certain actions and, you know, individual dynamics, group dynamics. It's just something I've always been interested in. And when it came time to do school, that's just what appealed to me. And was that before you became a psychic or medium? No, it's been all along the way. I started out as an English major, and then I switched over to sociology as I came to finish my degree. I see. And what made you go down that route? Well, when I started as an English major, I I love writing. It's just, I don't have to publish a book or an article. I, I just love to write. I love to put my thoughts into writing. But as I was doing this work, Um, in terms of uh, whether it's psychic reading or mediumship or coaching or business consulting, whatever it is, you know, I just became ever more fascinated with what makes people do what they do. How do do we understand our inner workings? And that it was just, again, just a natural lead in to the world of sociology. And I preferred it to psychology because I didn't really want to get into that type of clinical understanding. I'm really more interested in the macro, the overview, Uh, not that you can't break it down, but I love the big picture because I love to look at world patterns. I love to look at what works in a large general setting. That's, That's what's fascinating to me. I see. And can you tell us about the common sense psychic medium work that you do? Sure. Thank you. Um, years ago, um, I had a business called The Psychic Perspective. And um, when my children came along, I went on hiatus for a couple of years. And this is back in the days when everybody didn't have a website. And I didn't think about securing my domain name or any of those things we have to concern ourselves with in in the new millennia. And when I came back to work, someone had taken my domain name and literally wanted me to buy it back for an arm and a leg. But I had since changed and grown since becoming a mother. And I said, well, I don't really want to do that. It doesn't feel right anyhow. Anyhow, long story short, I got called to do um, a radio interview. Well, not an interview. I was sitting in for another host. And I just got on the air and I thought, well, what am I going to call myself? And I'm so practical. I'm so analytical uh, as much as I am spiritual and artistic, if you will. And uh, I just got on the air and said, well, hello, everybody. This is Phyllis King, and I'm your common sense psychic. And, you know, and at the end of the day, Aaron, I 
I just like to marry the practical with the spiritual. For, you know, the spiritual dominates the human experience in my point of view, but we are having a human experience and being able to put together practical activities, thoughts, behaviors that will help us have a more benevolent or abundant experience is just what, again, that really fascinates me. And it, it really is so much of it feels common sense. And, uh, you know, that's really the evolution of that. I see. And that's a beautiful name because as we both know, you need to have practical and spiritual together. And when you, I just want to break this down further for the listeners. When you say common sense, like the day-to-day things or the the blocks that hit us through our journey? Well, you know, great question. It's both. You know, um, when we are not enshrouded with a lot of superfluous thoughts and we're not focused on things that don't really matter and what I mean by that that they don't really influence outcomes in any way they just clutter us up common sense is what we're left with we just realize a plus b equals c we take this action you know if someone's beating me up and I leave that scenario I'm not going to get beat up anymore you know it's it's that's common sense if I don't eat a whole bunch of sugar I'm not going to get a headache and my body's not going to feel exhausted every day you know those are just that's common sense and many of us want to deny our common sense so I love just bringing things down in that practical level but on the intuitive skill set, when we open ourselves to listen to an inner voice, to an inner navigation, it also can align with common sense, our own common sense, and what works for us specifically. And it's really not complicated. And I think, I don't want to say I'm, I'm not really against anything in terms of that, but you know that we spend too much time in complexity. And so I love to just break things down in the simplest terms when I'm giving advice or trying to brainstorm with someone, you know, just keep it simple. Why do you think we're living in so complex lives? Overpopulation and technology are two big ones, you know, that we're not paying attention to how many bodies are on the planet. You know, we do kind of, but not exactly. And when you have enormous numbers of people, masses of people that you have to provide resources for and care for and try to address their issues, that's an enormous challenge. And we're seeing that in so many different ways in every facet of life. And I am someone who loves technology. I have gadgets and, you know, I do. I, I love it myself. But technology moves very rapidly and progresses at incredible paces. But to be connected to ourselves, our internal navigation, and one another is a slow process. Emotions do not move quickly. So we're in this dichotomous culture where we have the ability to press a button and have everything happen instantaneously. And it trains our mind to believe that that's how connections should happen. That's how interactions should happen with people. And too many of us are off center. We don't know how to listen. We don't know how to hear. And we don't know how to connect to each other. So we take all kinds of actions and make decisions from outside of a centered, connected and grounded place and you put that type of you know shooting a gun with a blindfold on or driving a car with a blindfold on that's the analogy and you put that into seven billion people on a small planet and you're going to have a lot of uh, chaos a lot of challenges that's my point of view wow fascinating 
Do you feel like that yourself? No. (laughs) I actually do practice what I teach on purpose. And it works for me and my life and it works for my clients. And so I, you know, I walk the walk and talk the talk of everything I, I teach. But spiritually, I know that we come to this experience in a human body to expand ourselves. And it is through contrast and difficulty that we learn to focus and we learn to pay attention. And so when we don't pay attention and cause more chaos, those are really opportunities to progress, even though it's challenging and difficult and often painful. Those are opportunities. And I learned that some years ago. And so even when challenges come about in my life, I don't see them as negatives. I see those as learning opportunities and opportunities to heal and expand myself. Someone that is so analytical as yourself, how do you apply the spiritual elements to your life? The easy part of that is that I was born psychic. And so I don't have any disbelief about the intangible reality of life. I can't. It's it's not a luxury that it's ever been afforded to me. So it's been a natural marriage of putting the two together. I'm a results type of person. I love solutions. Uh, I live in that realm of wanting to be productive and see things come to a beneficial conclusion. And so it's really just how do I balance the two? And over the course of my career, I think I've done well in learning how to do just that. And it's not a struggle in any way. And I always defer to the spiritual truth, even though I am analytical, because that's what I believe is the most real. You have written so many books. Tell us about how you got into that. Well, it's funny. You said I've written a lot of books, but a lot of people have written a lot more. But, uh, well, as I said early on uh, in our conversation, I've always loved to write. I've been writing my entire life, and it's it's not a chore. I write because I need to write. I want to write. It's how I express my inner message, my inner truth. It's how I have my own catharsis. It's how I I do my best work in in many respects. Uh, And so one thing leads to another and to another. And I have another book that I'll be writing this year. So I just, I love to teach. I love to talk about these topics and it really fits with who I am. What was it like to work with Wayne Dyer? Well, he's just, well, you know, he doesn't have a body any longer, but he's a gem, a gem of all gems and an honor a privilege, a pleasure, um, just the kindest, most, talk about someone who walks the walk and talks the talk, just really a force for love, kind, compassionate, accessible, real person. And how did you guys meet? Um, I just was approached by a publishing company who puts together projects with various teachers and practitioners, and I just happened to be on the short list. And I was offered to do it, and I wasn't about to turn it down. And did you feel excited working with someone of this caliber? Or Oh, gosh, I still am. I still get chills, and, you know, given that he passed in 2015, it, I'm just really grateful that I had an opportunity to have that physical interaction with him, and I have something in writing to share with him that, you know, you don't get those things back. You don't get those opportunities many times. So, I'm, you know, it's still something that makes me really proud and happy to have been able to do. Marvelous. And do you, what you practice, you teach and you experience, do you pass it on to your own children as well? I do. And, um, 
Yeah, it's it's done in a different way because they're younger. I mean, you have to speak a children's language, and there's opportunities. I mean, I don't sit them down necessarily. I mean, I have sat them down from time to time and taught them how to meditate or, you know, not that they do it every day, but at least so they continue to be exposed. You know, we talk about what praying really is in my point of view. We talk about um, all kinds of spiritual concepts, and there's, believe it or not, I don't know if you're a parent or not, Aaron, but there's many opportunities to have these types of conversations that come up really organically. I see, and how do you nurture that organicness? I let my kids be who they are. I, I don't try and shape them in any way. I just try to answer their questions to the best of my ability and let their own internal navigation guide them. Not that I don't ever help them in their decision process, but I really teach them how to be connected to their own instincts, their own GPS, their own instincts. And would you do this the same approach with a client that comes to you? Well, when you're with an adult, it's a bit different because they typically have a specific agenda or something that they're working on or struggling with. And with an adult, there's a lot more buildup you know, the older someone is, there's a lot more repetition is required. And peeling back the layers of programming beliefs and thoughts they've accumulated about what's possible and what's what isn't possible. And people who are younger, most of the time, it's it's really quite fun, because you tell them a, a principle, and they just run with it because they don't have 20 or 30 years of life experience to tell them they can't do something or they can't shed a belief, they just go for it. And that's probably the biggest difference with adults. And as a therapist, do you find that frustrating with adults? Not anymore. I've learned to really embrace patients with people and just meet them where they are. You know, we're all on the same continuum going to the same destination ultimately. And it's really their journey, not mine. So I don't take it personally. I love it when I get to see people um, progressing rapidly because they're excited and they're happy. It's, it's their happiness. It's their success. And it does take more energy to deal with people who are more stuck, but it, it, it doesn't bother me. Your book, Abundance of Energy, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, explain how that came about. Well, this is kind of funny, funny to me. Um, a few years back, I was signed to a literary agency here in California, in the Southern California area. And it's someone who's very well renowned in my industry. And so when that happened, I was just ecstatic sort of a more of an egoic perspective of oh look at me look what happened somebody who's famous or whatever signed me and this means I'm going to skyrocket to to success and you know just going on and on just really feeling my ego I would say and I had a book at that time that was in manuscript form and I gave it to my agent and he goes, nope, um, this isn't the book. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean this isn't the book? I think we need to keep working. I think you need to keep growing. I think you need to keep, you know, we're just not quite ready yet. And so I was really taken aback. Here I thought I was already at the finish line and come to find out I'm at the starting line. And it really took me about two years, Aaron, after that to figure out what I was going to write. And in that two years time, I had to do some soul searching. I had to get my ego in check again. And I had to took some classes and I just had to grow personally. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, one day I said to myself, why don't I just write about what I've been teaching my entire 
career, which is abundance and how to create those outcomes that you want. And so we submitted that proposal to the publisher. And the funny part is when that idea came up about just write what you know, another book idea came up, which I'm going to write about this year. And then the publisher gave me a deal for two books. So that's just the synchronicity of how things go. But that's how the energy of abundance came to be. When you write a book, is it like a child or what does it feel like? I write in a conversational style, just like I'm talking to you now for the most part. I try and clean it up a bit, but I write like I'm talking to a person. And in the book, there's um, I talk about the principles and how things work. And then I give a lot of story examples of clients to describe the process and how it works. And I try to stay in a space of enjoyment. In one of my books where I wrote a lot about my history and really deep, dark, troubling things, it was hard to write that book. And sometimes I'd sit down at the keyboard and it was difficult to just get through it. And I'd cry and kvetch and all these things. Well, when I sat down to write The Energy of Abundance, I made sure every time I sat down, I was enjoying myself. I made it sure every time I was feeling great about what was going on the page, I wanted the energy to be high and high vibration, as you call it. And so that's how I approached this particular work. I see, excellent. The Common Sense Psychic, which is a radio show on Blog Talk Radio, how did that come about? Well, I've been doing radio for, gosh, 15 or 20 years at this point. I was always doing other people's radio shows. You know, people like to have psychics on and do question and answer with their callers, I like to do. And And that was fine, and I still do that a lot, and I like it. But I wanted to be able to have my own message, do it my own way, have my own guests, and you know, just talk about what I want to talk about. And I also kind of look at it as a a way to give back uh, a service. You know, there's a lot of people who can't afford me and a lot of people who need information. And I like to be able to get on the air and talk to people I wouldn't ordinarily talk to or people who couldn't ordinarily access me and just put the information out there for anybody who might stumble upon it. During this show, are there any particular episodes or people that stand out in your minds? You know, I would say um, my favorite guests are, the, and in memory, like I had the wonderful John Asaraf on, who's done so much great work and analytical spirituality. The Answer, he wrote that book, he wrote Having It All, and he's done incredible work in brain research and how to train yourself to become more abundant. Dr. Joe Vitale is someone who I met through the radio who ended up doing a foreword for for this book, actually. He's just an inspiration who was, you know, he was homeless at one point. And then he ends up being in this incredible movie, The Secret, from years ago. And just really people who walk the walk and talk the talk. Catherine Woodward Thomas, who wrote the best-selling book, Calling in the One, who is just you know, the consummate love expert and really a kind, wonderful person. And then um, Daniel Brinkley, who is someone I've gotten to know over the years. He's written several books on near-death experience, and he's had some of the most profound near-death experiences on record. A movie was made about his life. And he's an amazing and fascinating, incredible individual that I never get tired of. And, um, you know, those are some of the people that I've really enjoyed over the years. Are there any other radio shows that you host as well, or is that just the only one? Currently, that's it. Um, There was a time I had several at once, but that got a bit too hectic. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I see. And the psychic work you do, is there a strain on your mental, physical, and spiritual body giving the information and helping people? Uh, no, there isn't. Not at this point. I've learned a system and I studied with other teachers for many years before I became quote-unquote professional. So I've learned tools and techniques that's boundary setting, protection, grounding, and things of this nature that, no, I, I, I only give what I have to give and I give it in the way that I want to give it. So it's really just an, uh, an asset to everything else. It's really wonderful to be able to see the spiritual potential of a person and know what they're here to do on the planet and then be able to put all the pieces into place with them to for help them to realize their potentials. Okay, and the information that you receive, is it through another person or is it through spirit or how do you identify the information for the person? I don't channel, but I do connect to people who've transitioned. So I will connect to people who don't have a body anymore, but I don't channel. I don't know exactly how to explain that. It's a experiential thing. But I do something I call looking at your blueprint. We all have it that it's, it's a little bit difficult to describe, but it's like looking at a schematic energetically that I can, and what you have set up for yourself in the lifetime to accomplish, contribute, heal, overcome, what have you. And I've learned how to look at that for people. Once I can see what they're here to do or what they're working on, then I'm able to also look into, I call it reading the aura, but you know that's just how I put my attention on it. I look through essentially seven layers of the aura to look at different aspects of their life, whether it's their health or their family or their money or their relationships or what have you. That's just my method. And you know, it's automatic for me at this point. When I'm teaching students how to psychic read, I break it down specifically for them. But everybody has to learn their own method, how their own system works. We're not all one size fits all, but you know, that's my process. Looking back at what you've done so far in your story, your experiences and your journey, would you change anything? Um, if I would, I wouldn't know what that would be. Okay, wow. What would you advise or tell the audience that is special to you, to them, that they could improve their own life or experiences? Well, I think when it comes to abundance, that many of us have an idea that abundance is outside of us, that it has to do with what we accumulate or you know how much we get of something or who we connect to. And it isn't that those things are irrelevant, but you know my message to people is really that it's an inside game that when you learn to master your internal dialogue, what you tell yourself, what you think is possible, and how you project yourself internally, what you believe is true, that that's actually the game you want to discipline yourself and master. And when you master that inside game, you can make anything happen externally that you want to. And I talk a lot about the abundant flow, that if you're in the flow of abundance, meaning that you know that you are in charge and that you can relate to consciousness the way you want to. It doesn't matter if you have a million dollars in the bank or $10 in the bank, your needs will always be met. It's not about a quantity. It's about how you see yourself in the world as a person and how you relate to consciousness and that exchange process. So I like to clear up that 
that common misconception for people because people can spend a lot of years going after something outside of themselves and that'll never take you any place you want to be. I know with the spiritual world, the metaphysical world, you can spend hours just talking and debating. Is there anything else that we haven't mentioned that you'd like to tell the audience or us? No, just high vibration frequencies, you know, getting out of those thick places, those things, those feelings you can cut with a knife. The sooner you can get yourself out of there, um, the better. And that there's those high frequencies are what take you where you want to go and create the outcomes you're trying to feel in your life. Where can we find you? Thank you. Well, my website is a good place. It's my name, phyllisking.com, or just Google me, Phyllis King, the Common Sense Psychic, and you'll see, you know, my work and where I am and what I'm doing. Excellent. And is there any, or that book that you mentioned, is there anything else in the pipeline for the year coming? Well, I'm getting ready to write a book on relationships and I don't know if it'll be done this year, but that's the next one. Fantastic, Phyllis. I just want to say thank you very much for coming on to the show and sharing your stories, experiences and knowledge. Aaron, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sansit.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sansit Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.